Welcome to Diversity Dish, where we're dishing on everything diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice related. My name is Cedrola Maruska, and we're bridging the gap between what needs to be said and what needs to be heard. Those individual experiences that are often ignored or simply dismissed. Sometimes I'm dining alone. Sometimes I'm dining with friends. And sometimes I'm dining a la carte. No matter how I'm dining, it promises to be delicious. Let's dig in. Welcome back to Diversity Dish. My name is Cedrola Maruska, and today we're talking about race, racism, and racism. Before we get into our topic, I want to clarify that this season, season two, you're going to be seeing or hearing a lot more of me on my own rather than with guests. I'm going to be offering more dining alone opportunities because I want to share ideas and thoughts on different subjects that we can dig into. So Within those dining alone episodes, what you're going to find is that I'm going to bring issues. I'm going to bring up questions. I'm going to bring up issues that are pertinent to work today, but I'm not just going to be bringing them up and letting you go. I'm also going to be offering suggestions on ways that we can make a difference within those, whatever it is that I bring up. And also I'm going to be suggesting action because it's important that we take action when we learn something. We know that it is true. It is a solidifying way to keep something in the forefront of our minds or to solidify it in our brains. And so if I bring you a challenge and I bring you a recommendation for solution, but I don't give you an action step, something to actually do, then I'm kind of dropping the ball. So please hold me accountable to that. If you listen to an episode and I don't happen to give you an action step at the end of that episode, which are the dining alone episodes, then call me to task. I'm good for it. So today we're going to get into race, racism, and racist. Yeah, we're going to get into it just a little bit. And I know it's going to be uncomfortable, but there's no growth without discomfort. Trust me, I know I'm doing boxing and yeah. Anyway, there's so much information out there that really causes confusion. So I thought I'd dig into it today and work on clarifying a few things. Let's start with the concept of race. Prior to the meaning that we know today, the word race was used but it was used as a categorization that had nothing to do with appearance or skin color. Basically, when it was used, it was used as a grouping. So a race of shepherds or a race of priests. It was never based on the color of anyone's skin, which means that shepherds could have looked, could have been a rainbow of colors, but they were grouped as shepherds. It wasn't until the 18th century when people from African countries were being kidnapped and sold as slave labor did the word race begin to take on the meaning of color. It was a metamorphosis that was necessary for the dehumanizing, separating, and savagery 
that would follow. I won't go into a full history lesson here, but I will ask that you take the action of searching, inventing the construct of race wherever you get your information, because that is going to help you understand how race was constructed in order to make it easier for people to buy and sell human beings. I read a long time ago that it's imperative because of the way that the human mind works that we justify something before we can do it, do something. So if we want to do something wrong, we have to justify it in our minds as to why it is necessary for us to do this wrong before we can do it. And so the construct of race and the construct and the idea that people who were of African descent were only, what, three-fifths of a human, whatever that breakdown is, was necessary so that people would not feel that they're doing anything wrong. They had to create this narrative so that the wider audience, those people who now they needed to buy and sell these humans, to buy into it. They also needed the three-fifths of a human structure to be in place in order for the enslaved people not to have the power or the authority to vote since they were not considered human. So from race, we go to racism. Because without race, there would be no racism. Racism is a system of belief and implementation based on the idea that the created construct of the white race is inherently superior to all others. Because yes, since race is a construct, created construct, that means white race is a created construct as well. With that belief in place, laws, rules, policies, and procedures work to prove that construct. And therefore, they promote discrimination, prejudice, social, economic, and political oppression on those who are not considered part of the constructed white race. It's important to note that the indoctrination of racism, it's what's caused the segregation and separation of ideals even today, especially among lower socioeconomic level whites and the black community. Racism built the systems of this country to keep out those who are socially constructed and seen as other than white. So when we take race, it now brings in racism. So now we have to go to racists. Who is or who are racists? For many years, we've been told and taught that racists are those people who blatantly act in discriminatory, prejudice, or oppressive ways. They're the people who blatantly beat, hang, spit on, call slurs on people who do not look like them, people who are not part of the white race. The thing is, 
that all those actions are simply manifestations of racism. They are blatant behaviors, racist behaviors. However, you don't need to do those actions in order to be a racist. Because racism is a social construct, anyone who benefits from and does not challenge the system of racism is a racist. Anyone who can see and know that injustice is actively being done to humans, so some humans benefit more than others in this racist system, but do not find it to be their place to challenge the system, are racist. So essentially, when we're talking about people who are racist, we're talking about people who say, I'm not racist, but who also do not do anything to prove that. They aren't out there actively working to engage Black people or people of color. They're not out there actively working to challenge the rules that are put in place to oppress Black people, people of color, or people who just happen to be different than they are. They just sit back and say, I'm not racist and benefit from the system of racism. I know, I know, I know. It sounds harsh, but let's look at it a different way. When we know harm is being done and we do nothing because it benefits us and or we don't want to challenge the status quo, we're supporting the harm that's being done. Let's put it a different way. If you know of and or participate in a crime, according to the law, you're an accessory to that crime, and that is punishable by law. If you intentionally help another person commit a crime, you are an accomplice. Why then, if you know the system of racism is causing harm to a segment of the population, and through your actions do nothing to prevent or alter the outcome, would you not be considered racist? Especially if you are part of the so-called dominant white culture that currently has the power to affect policies. Now that we know what we're working with, how can we fix it? Hey, thanks for listening. My name is Sidrola Maruska, and I help entrepreneurs and small businesses go from mediocre to magnificent by transforming their cultures to be more equitable and inclusive. To find out how we can work together, go to diversitydish.com, where you'll find my consulting, coaching, and speaker information. Diversitydish.com. I look forward to working with you. Well, we're not going to fix it by not talking about race. There are those who often cite talking about race 
as the solution. If we don't talk about race, everything will work out fine. If we don't talk about race, I happen to be colorblind. I don't look at people as race. I just look at people as people. All these arguments are going to do nothing to challenge or to change the system of racism that we work under. Because how can we not talk about the thing that is the very basis of the system that we need to uproot? If we stop talking about race, but we want to dismantle racism, the main component that we have decided to turn away from is no longer there so we can no longer understand racism as a problem that stems from race. So then we go, it's okay. This is just how things are because we're not looking at and we're not talking about race and how it affects those who are race. So we're so what we're not going to do is be colorblind and therefore blind to how the system works based on color. You may be colorblind, but the system is not. You may think that if I don't acknowledge your race, then I'm not going to, then the system is not going to bother you or oppress you. That is a very naive and if I may say so, ignorant way to look at the problem of race, racism, and racists. What we can do is allow ourselves to go through the discomfort of seeing, understanding, and owning our parts within the system. What we can do is actively find ways in our everyday lives to counter the main narrative, which tends to be that white is right and black is bad. Wherever you fall on that spectrum determines how you're treated. What we can do is not turn away, but engage and then teach others. People ask me all the time, what can I do to further this work? And I often say, learn as much as you can, teach your families, teach your friends, bring people along that you love and that you trust and that trust you and have them learn as well. I'm realizing that I've missed part of that conversation. Because a large part of that conversation is, what is your profession? And how in your profession are you wanting to also do the work? Are you in your office advocating for those whom you see are being held back due to policies, procedures, or the culture within your office? If you're a business owner, are you putting in place policies that are equitable and inclusive of all, or are your policies antiquated, old policies that are based in a workforce that was traditionally white male? It's something to think about. Even if 
your industry is female dominated, what is it that you're doing differently to make sure that you are working for an equitable and inclusive workplace? Before we go, I told you I wanted to give you an action step. So I want to give you this action step. I want you to go to masterclass.com where for the month of February and this year, 2022, they're offering Black History, Freedom, and Love for free. It is an amazing look at the history we're not taught in school and why it's vital to learn. Your incredible instructors are Nicole Hannah-Jones, Cornell West, Angela Davis, Jelani Cobb, Kimberly Williams Crenshaw, Sherilyn Eiffel, and John McWhorter. This is an immense opportunity and a strong action step to help us move in the right direction. The learning of our history, the learning of what our country aspires to be is incredible and it will inspire you to learn more and hopefully to do more because I want you to remember something. All businesses, all industries are made up of individual human beings like you and me. So if I give my power over and do not challenge what is happening within my business, within my industry, then I'm essentially saying I'm powerless to make a difference. But remember, it's usually been a small group of people who have made the biggest differences throughout history. So take back your power and say, this isn't working. I think we can do better where you work. This isn't working. I think we can do better as a business owner. This isn't working. I think I can do better as an entrepreneur. Whatever it is that you do, you can do it better. Incorporating equity and inclusion and making sure that your workforce, those that you engage with your work, are diverse. Thank you for joining me today. I wish for you clarity as you move forward in this work. Hey, did you enjoy that episode? If so, please leave a review. It would mean the world, but only if it's a good one and you really did enjoy it. In which case, it would be awesome if you helped support my work over at patreon.com backslash Cedrola Maruska. And finally, before you go, don't forget diversitydish.com. I'd love to work with you. See you soon.